This is Ziggler's show, episode 437, and today we have the man himself, Zig Ziggler, delivering a message from the stage on what you know is only half the equation. The other half, do people like you? Literally, this message will inspire most of you, but possibly frustrate a few of you, at least initially, but stick with it and you'll find some fuel you can start using immediately for your true performance. what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. If you can't take a huge step to begin with, take as big a step as you can, but take it now. That's the key. Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today's a brand new day, and it's yours. Hey, everyone. This is Kevin Miller, your host of The Ziggler Show. Today, Zig hits us pretty hard on the necessity of relationships. You know the old cliche, it's not what you know, but who you know. Well, today's message is a little different. It's not just knowing people, but do they like you? The two points of today's show is, number one, how handicapped you are. We are, even if we're the best at what we do, um, if we're not liked. And two, if you think you have room to improve on the liked scale, Zig literally gives us 10 points on how to increase this. So uh, this was one of those messages of his that uh, the bulk of it I had not heard before. And he's a little more serious than normal in this one as well. Not intense, but just really to the point. So this is a good one. Hey, real quick, before we do dive in with Zig today, I want to thank you so much for subscribing to the show and obviously forwarding it on to so many other subscribers. You've been sharing the show on Twitter and Facebook and elsewhere and been leaving great reviews in iTunes and Stitcher. And it led to us being the number 10 podcast in iTunes overall on the planet. I mean, take your biggest celebrity who's at the top of their game, who has a podcast and the Ziggler show was ahead of all but nine last week. I mean, what that says and what's amazing is that people are so hungry for this message of hope and inspiration and true performance. So thank you. And on that note, thanks to so many of the recent, especially iTunes reviews that were uh, so personal and heartfelt and specifically gave thanks to Zig's son, Tom Ziggler and myself who host these shows and bring our own voices to the table here. There are negative reviews, interestingly, once in a while from people who have said, oh, we just want to hear Zig, not anything else. And for those folks, I'd really encourage you to buy Zig's materials at Ziggler.com. Buy his audios, buy his books, buy his things where it is just his voice. Uh, that's, what, that's what brought us all here. But for uh, for this show, this podcast it's here to bring you Zig, but as a priority, it's here to bring you the best of today's voices and inspiration and motivation and personal development and true performance. And those voices include our guests and Tom Ziegler and yours truly, myself, Kevin Miller. I run the show and was brought on by the Ziegler family to speak my own flavor of inspiration, which I proudly accepted. But again, thank you guys so much. Um, just grateful to be on this journey with you. Okay, then. Here is 10 minutes of Zig on stage talking the power of relationships and relating. 
When we deal with people, can we get in a situation where we do not let those emotions control us and control how we feel? Now, I've got to make a confession to you. Much of this message today in this series is aimed at myself. Because, you see, all of us need to be reminded. Let me remind you that everybody wants to be happy. They want to be healthy. They want to be at least reasonably prosperous. They want to be secure. They want to have friends. They want to have peace of mind. They want to have good family relationships, and they want to have hope. Those are the things they want in life. Now, much of that is dependent upon your job or your profession, and much of that job or profession is dependent upon the relationships you have with other people. Other relationships with other people does make a big difference in your life. The job you have, getting that job, getting that promotion, keeping that job is determined many, many times by the relationships you have established, not only at home, but on the job. The reality is people hire you and keep you on the payroll because of your productivity, but also because they like you. And so what can we do as individuals to make certain that that relationship is built and is solidly built? Let me start out by giving you uh, 10 of the commandments of human relations. They're not originals by any stretch of imagination. You'll recognize virtually all of them. You speak to people. Now, that's elementary, isn't it? That's very, very simple. You smile at people. It takes 72 muscles to frown, only 14 to smile. And a smile is the first thing you notice about others. You call people by name. You've heard it a thousand times. You're friendly and helpful to people. Number five, you need to be cordial. You speak and act as if everything you do is a genuine pleasure. Be genuinely interested in other people. Uh, you can like almost anybody if you really try. Be generous with your praise and very careful about any criticism you might have. Be considerate of the feelings of others. Be alert to give service. What counts most in life is what we do for others. And number 10, add to this a good sense of humor. Now, it's basic to say this, that the best thing to do behind a person's back is to pet it. And if you meet somebody with a chip on the shoulder, the best way to get it off is to let them take a bow. Very elementary, and yet it is enormously important. Now, we need to understand that people want to be right, they want to be appreciated, and they want to be understood. When I use the word appreciation, the Department of Labor says that 46% of all of the reasons that people quit, why would they quit a job? 46% of them said they quit the job because they did not feel appreciated where they were. Those Ten Commandments will help solve some of that. Now, all of us want to be always right, but none of us can be right every time in everything that we do. But if we can, in dealing with people, let them know you understand how they feel. I appreciate the position that you have. Then you have cushioned the answer to them when you have to say no to what they want. We need to understand as people that all of us are emotional. 
And everybody said, well, I make logical decisions. In a pig's eye, you do. Now, sometimes, I mean, you deal with the facts, but when you really get right down to it, it's the heart that really influences most. How many of you remember when we passed the seatbelt law in Texas? Can I see your hands, please? All right. you, you remember how excited everybody got? How enthused they were, how motivated they were, how they called up the radio talk shows and said, isn't it wonderful? We're going to have a seatbelt law. We can fasten it. We can save our lives. I mean, it had articles and letters to the editor. You remember all of that happening? You don't? How many of you remember all of the people that called in and said, you know, what is the government up to now? No telling what they'll be trying to tell us to next. I mean, it's a free country. If I want to fasten my seatbelt, I'll fasten my seatbelt. How many of you saw a lot of those letters and heard a lot of those calls? Okay. Let me give you some interesting data. I have flown approximately 4 million miles. Now, that means I've heard the flight attendant several thousand times say, fasten your seatbelts. Click, 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 click. All over the airplane, you can hear them clicking. In all of the years I've been doing this, not one time have I ever heard a single passenger say, I ain't going to do it. It's a free country. If I want to fasten my seatbelt, I'll do it. I just don't want to do it. I mean, what's the government going to be trying to tell us to do next? Not one time have I ever had anybody to say that. Now, let me give you a little interesting data. If you fasten your seatbelt in your automobile... The odds are at least three times as great that it will help prevent serious injury and possibly even death. Now, let me tell you something, friend. You got that seatbelt fastened on that airplane and that sucker's 30,000 feet up in the air. And if it comes down, that seatbelt ain't going to do you one bit of good. Do you fasten your seatbelt, Ziegler? Not only do I fasten it for takeoff and landing, but in most cases, I keep it fastened throughout the entire flight. Why? The odds are long against it doing me any good, but I want to play the odds all the way. Now, how many of you now fasten your seatbelts without even giving in a thought? It's as automatic as cranking the automobile. Isn't that true? Well, you know, I believe there are a lot of things that can become automatic, but we've got to discipline ourselves initially, but we are emotional. How many of you several years ago saw the uh, movie E.T.? How many of you saw that? Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you logical adult people listen to this uh, live recording here today? How many of you cried when that little dude kicked out? Can I see your hands, please? Now, here's an alien from outer space, not even a person, and it's on the screen. You know it's imagination, and that you sit there crying like a baby, okay? Are we logical? No way. And the reason I stress that is when we understand that people don't act logically, they act emotionally, and the best way to get along with them is to understand them and try to get on their side of the fence. When we do that, it improves those relationships. We need to be more sensitive. We need to be more understanding. Now, it's one of the ironies of life that the least sensitive people on earth uh, never recognize the fact. Uh, they're obnoxious, and on a, many occasions, they'll defend themselves by saying, well, that's just the way I am. I mean, they defend themselves as if since that's the way they are, you ought to accept them as they are and let them go ahead and be boorish. I, I saw this little one-liner that I think says it up. Personnel manager to a young woman. 
sexist? Don't be ridiculous. We employ plenty of dames. We see that, don't we? Now, what I'm really saying is we need to be sensitive to the way the other person feels. Now, we don't want to go overboard on that. We certainly don't want to get uh, let paranoia set in. I was reading about this uh, youngster who enrolled in the new school. I believe that he was in about the second grade. And his mother, being a very sensitive lady, uh, started querying him about the makeup of the class. And, and finally she said, well now, son, are there any minorities there? And uh, he said, yes, there is uh, one uh, a black person there, an Afro-American. And then the mother said, well now, do you play uh, with this uh, person of Afro-American descent? And uh, the youngster said, why, absolutely not. And then his mother proceeded to give him a, a lecture on racism and how you shouldn't be that way. And she concluded and said, now are you going to be more cooperative and play with this person? He said, no, ma'am. She said, well, why not? And he said, mom, she's a girl. <laughs> now, what I'm really saying is get information, get the facts, and then we can act in a better way. Before we break down the crux of this message we just heard so we can apply it to our lives, I want to thank Salesforce for bringing today's episode to us. If you do marketing in your business, hopefully you realize that mass emails or general ad campaigns are not so effective anymore. Salesforce is here to help. They create a new path with your marketing and deliver the unique brand experiences your customers want. With Salesforce, marketers open doors between business units by sharing data to collect across marketing, sales, service, and commerce. Be smarter and more predictive with your marketing by making recommendations using collaborative data and solve concerns with service integration. Engage your customers on any device and channel in real time from social media to your connected products, gathering key insights into your customer and business relationships at every stage. Adjust campaigns as you go to drive leads and your pipeline. Do all this and more while collecting data from every interaction to build a complete view of every customer and manage your marketing strategy from your desk or your phone. Be a customer trailblazer. Discover one connected platform for one connected customer experience with Salesforce, the customer success platform. Learn more at salesforce.com slash Ziggler. That's salesforce.com slash Ziggler. So Zig starts off in the message today talking, as he often does, about the, just the reality that the primary desires we have in life are to be prosperous, to be happy, uh, reasonably successful, and that those issues are so, so much of them are dependent on our daily work, what we spend the majority of our time, at least during Monday through Friday, doing. And I don't know personally, anyone who's truly joyful, successful, and who people respect and are attracted to who does not also find great fulfillment at their work beyond just providing a paycheck. But next, Zig states that a, if not the primary route that influences whether our job is good are the relationships with the people we have there. 
And Zig says, having, progressing, and keeping the job we have depends on the relationships we have at work. People hire us and pay us in part, of course, because of our competency, our productivity, our results, but also because they like us. And and I want to add to that. They trust us. Um, But then, you know, I actually wanted to. They trust us. But then I didn't. Because think about it, it's important, I think, that Zig said, because they like you. And I've known people I trusted. As I thought about this, I have known people that I trusted that I didn't really like. And I wouldn't hire or retain them. And I've known people who were the best at their job or their skill or profession, but I didn't hire them because, again, I just didn't really like them. I mean, there's far too much competition out there in the marketplace to have to deal with someone that you don't enjoy being with. And I think there are too many opportunities out there to take a job with people that you don't enjoy being with. That's a big deal. I don't think, I think that's part of what Zig is getting to today and something that we all suffer from. We don't put enough of a value on that aspect. Do we like the people that we work with? Do do they like us? That's what we're going to talk about here uh, right now. So let's take some time to discuss though this issue of, I know there are some people who are going to hear that and be frustrated. All right. And for those of you who've been passed up by those that you believe, hey, they're not as skilled as I am. They're not as trustworthy as I as I am. They don't go the extra mile. And you're mad at that. You're disappointed, at least, that those charlatans, you know, are succeeding. Those people who aren't doing, putting in the effort that you are doing. They don't have the skill and ability that you do. And folks, I'm sorry about that. In a way, it is a shame, but it's also just humanity. There is a game out there to a point. And if you don't play it, you're handicapping yourself. Uh, here's, a, here's a story, uh, a real story that happened with me. I mean, over a decade ago, I had a role as a marketing consultant to a large bi- global bicycle parts manufacturer. And the owner and, and the founder of the company is an incredible inventor. I mean, truly incredible. And at heart, a well-meaning guy, I believe. But he, he, was, he was amazing at taking a product. He could make it stronger, lighter, and uh, figured out how to provide it to the marketplace at a lesser cost. I mean, you can't get any better than that. But I think he would claim, hey, I'm a purist. I'm in it for the art and inventing and making a better product and not for the money and to play games. But... And here's the crux. He was routinely beaten out by lesser companies and products, and it made him mad. So much so that he had a chip on his shoulder about those companies that put all their efforts into marketing and branding and uh, got more sales than he did, more of the public market share than he did with a lesser product. And that makes sense, right? Made him mad. But uh, so now he has a chip on his shoulder about marketing, and it kept him and his company hamstrung, which is a shame. He had a great story, great product that we could have used to, I think, make him brand number one in the industry. I really think so. But he was mad at the game, and he is and forever will be one of the top ones, but never the best because of that. Folks, don't let yourself be that. Be incredible at what you do, but also play that game. And I I really don't even like call it saying it in that terms that makes it sound bad and as we get into this here real quick we're just gonna spend a little time on this realize it's not a game it's humanity and it really comes down to caring for other people but we benefit from that okay we don't want don't let that be your story be excellent be trustworthy but also be this is what zig's talking 
be likable. It will give you so much more opportunity in which you can provide your skill. There's a lot of great products, services, messages, and people that have been uh, kept in the shadows because they just didn't do the work to be likable to a degree. And on another side, I not long ago, and I mentioned this here and there as we've told these stories and and, uh, analogies, I've recently fired two employees in one company that I'm involved with who in truth, they they had a lot of experience, really. I mean, they had been in the industry a long time. They had know-how, they had expertise, they had connections. And uh, so they had that. They are no longer with our company. I hired some people in their place who did not have that much or not to that degree experience, know-how and expertise. But guess what? I liked being with them more. My partner liked being with them more. Our other employees liked being with them more and our customers liked being with them more. In short time, we've gotten them the training and experience and they are soon outpacing those previous employees in those areas and everybody loves them. We are happier. It's a great workplace to come into now. We encourage and inspire and lift each other up and we're attracting more business. We are making more money. Literally, our referrals from our patients have gone up because I think a lot of the folks thought that it's a great product or service, but oh, some of the people there, it was hard. And you can have a you can have one thing sabotage your business, and that was something that was sabotaging it. Now that we've taken that out, boom! Uh, I literally sent a uh, wrote something out to my partner today on increasing our product our prices to a significant. A degree because we don't need more business. So if we're going to get it, let's go ahead and charge more for it. If that uh, keeps some people away, that's okay. Again, don't need it. Uh, what a great issue to have. And I give a lot of the uh, reason for that to shoring up our staff with people that others like and each other likes. I mean, you just cannot argue or deny that reality. So be likable. You've got to be to have solid relationships. That's what we're talking about here. So on that note, Zig gives us 10 commandments, he says, of human relations. And folks, this was, again, this is the first time I heard this list from Zig. Uh, I, and I gre- greatly appreciate him saying that this is not new stuff. It's nothing new and innovative. But as you listen, I guarantee that you, like I, will hear some some things that you really haven't taken captive. Okay. So I'm going to read the list here real quick. We're going to go on to a couple other things and then, uh, and then we're going to real quick break this list down a little bit more. So number one, speak to people. Number two, smile at people. Number three, call people by name. Number four, be friendly and helpful to people. Number five, be cordial, speak and act as if everything you do is a pleasure. Number six, be genuinely interested in other people. Number seven, be generous with your praise and be very careful with any criticism you might give. Number eight, be considerate of the feelings of others. Number nine, be alert to give service. What counts most in life is what we do for others. And number 10, add to this a good sense of humor. Now, folks, hang on. We're going to go through those uh, and just add a little bit to them in just a second. Um, and, and just making a little mention to eat each of those to help us make sure we really understand and can engage with them. Uh, but next Zig goes on to say, he says the best thing to do behind a person's back is to pat it. That's pretty great. And I'm, I, as I thought about that, oh, I felt a little conviction there. I often find myself dealing with 
uh, people in one of my businesses who are so very needy, uh, just just needy on a lot of fronts and not very cognizant of anyone else. Uh, their circumstances have brought them to a pretty big focus on themselves. And after being with them for a while, sometimes my very soul longs to vent and find comfort from a rational person. But venting that criticism about this person who is just not very reasonable doesn't, does not bring life to anyone. Not the person whose back I'm talking behind, not me, and definitely not my friend who I am venting to. I mean, have you ever had to listen to someone and listen to vent their criticism about something and it left you feeling inspired or lifted or encouraged? Well, it, of course not. Now, again, not to discount the need to sometimes be able to vent to a, uh, to, to vent to a close friend. But at least know the score to know that you are, you're being needy in this place and you are doing so somewhat at the expense of someone else. I think that's important again, not to negate that need to be able to discuss negative feelings, um, but to realize that there's a, a cost and to be very considerate of who you're doing that with. I mean, Zig says people want to be right, appreciated and understood. Let me say that again. He says, people want to be right. They want to be appreciated and they want to be understood. And I think what's important here is that, of course, he's speaking about us, ourselves. He's talking about himself, right? We want those things. But if we want to be liked, we have to at least some of the times not be the needy recipient, but be the giver and shelf our own needs. I mean, watch yourself when you are with other people and try to recognize the stance that you're taking. Some people you'll be more prone to give to, and some people you'll put yourself in a place of need. I can see that with people where sometimes they're talking to, to other folks out there, maybe at their work or whatever, and they give. And as soon as they get on the phone with a family member, they put themselves in, in the needy category. And uh, it's just, it's interesting. And then they can do that with different social groups too. But to look at yourself and be cognizant, be aware of that, you can go into any group of people and listen for a moment, just, just kind of step back at least uh, emotionally and listen and discern those who are there who need from the group. They are speaking and speaking and needing and needing from the group. And you can, you can notice it. And then those that are secure and are willing to shelve their needs and just give, you'll notice that too. Of course, in the mix, you're going to have some who are neither, you know, they're too insecure to engage at all. Or they're too uncaring, but just look at the first two, the needy, and the giving. And then of course, look at yourself. This is something as you become socially aware, it's a term we use. We, I use it with my kids. So I want you to be socially aware and they know that terminology. Now, even my younger kids, and they'll talk about somebody at school say, yeah, you know, Johnny, he's not very you know socially aware and he frustrates people and they get irritated with him and I feel bad for him. Uh, but there are so many people, you meet them every single day and you need to ask yourself and be really honest. Are you socially aware when you're in a group? Are you just blurting out whatever, or are you retreating and not engaging? Are you really invested? And are you really aware of the needs and what's happening relationally? Well, next Zig goes into a good amount of story and analogy to prove that we all react primarily emotionally and not logically. And I, I really appreciate this, uh, this perspective that he gives, because if you were to ask me, I would say, now I'm, I'm a pretty logical person. And yet as he talks about it. I think, oh my gosh, I'm just emotional. I, I react just about as emotionally as anyone else. Now I may not be expressive with my emotions, 
My wife and I, for instance, are both incredibly emotional people. However, she is very, she's very much on the expressive side of those emotions. And I am very much not on the expressive side of those emotions. Uh, yet we both have them. So just because you may react differently or, or harness those or showcase those, express those emotions differently, it doesn't mean that you are not emotional and that you're all logical. So if we want to be liked, which improves our own success, that's what we're talking about here today. We are dealing in an emotional realm, which means when we are upset that we're not liked, and think about, again, when we show up for work early or we stay late or we do our job-related tasks perfectly, uh, we do the work to tidy up other shoddy jobs, we never steal from the company, not time or materials, we don't sit and gossip and all these positive things, that's great, but I, I feel for you, I really do, because folks, there are, again, products that you purchase that you, you got to think about your own life. There are products that we all purchase that are not proven the absolute best. They're not proven the most reliable or cutting edge or the most innovative or longest lasting. And I can say the same thing with services. There's people that we may use and we know that they're not the best, but it's a friend from church or it's, you know, somebody we know, or it's just somebody that at least we, we have some familiarity with or whatever we are buying because we like them or we have some emotional connection that goes beyond logic. Uh, And sometimes we buy products and services from from somebody because we just don't want to from the other. It's the lesser of all evils because we don't like this other one very uh, vehemently, you know? I mean, if you are doing all the things that I just mentioned, you're being exemplary in your work, but you're not doing Zig's list of 10 things, you're missing it. And I understand you again. I understand and, and compassion there and empathy um, and I wish I could just earn, you know, in that sense, I was thinking about this. I wish I could earn my way into heaven by doing the right things, but it doesn't work that way. The biggest commandment is to love others, which ultimately is exactly what Zig is talking about here. It's loving others, but he, there's an agenda behind it too. It's because that's the way to love yourself the best and to have the most opportunity for yourself is to love others, be liked, be likable. So here we're going to end by going over this list again and just uh, digging in a little bit on each one so that we can definitely comprehend and digest these, okay? So number one, Zig says, speak to people. Sounds simple enough, but how often do we not? just Do we not just recognize that somebody is in our presence? It's not about being fake or false, but there is a live human being in our midst. Just say, hello, good morning. And I'm actually one, a little soapbox is not to say, how you doing? Because the truth is we generally don't care. The other person doesn't care to tell us how you doing fine. Uh, Just go ahead and and say, hello, good morning. Good day. Hey, uh, good to see you. What's happening? Um, Unless you're really asking, you really want to know how are they doing? But when you walk into work, be prepared. And I don't care if you're an introvert like I am. Uh, I don't care if it's sometimes uncomfortable. I understand, but do it anyway. It's for your own good as well as theirs. And if at home by yourself, you walk around, think about this as an analogy, you walk around in your PJs or your underwear, you don't shave or you shower uh, or, or shower, yet yet going to work, you do shower and you put your pants on, I hope. Uh, put this in the same category. You wear pants and you speak to people who are in your presence when you're out and about, okay? Speak to people. Number two, smile at people. And folks, this is somewhat of, I feel like it's a lost art, yet it's worth its weight in gold. I mean, would you hold the door open for a hobbling old lady carrying groceries behind you in the grocery store? 
I'm sure you would. It doesn't mean you know her, like her, or be given a, or somebody's going to give you a trophy for doing that. But think of smiling again the same way. Everybody needs and deserves a smile. And in giving it, you are going to earn reciprocity, and your life will only become easier and better. Every interaction you have has a chance to be a better interaction if you will just lead in with a smile. Just offer it freely, even if it does not feel super comfortable and super authentic. I have to admit, I'm sorry for the people listening to this who I know personally, but I often, if I see somebody, I give them a big smile. As soon as they're past, I go back to my face. It's usually lost in thought, or I might be frustrated about something. It's just a skill I was learned and it pays off in droves. That's not being false, folks. That's being smart. It really is. So number three, Zig says, call people by name. And I think it's a habit for all of us, for for most people to claim, I'm bad with names. And, uh, if, but if we do, we suffer from it. I mean, I'm bad with math, but I'm not going to, uh, or I'm going to learn enough to be, uh, not be a reprobate in society. Right. I mean, to do the basics, ask and remember names. It's so, it's so, again, it's so valuable. It will so much, uh, you know, give you favor. I mean, when 60 seconds goes by and do this too, this is a common thing I'll do. Hey, how you doing? What's your name? Hey, I'm Paul. Good to meet you, Paul. I'm Kevin. 60 seconds goes by and I realized I did not listen at all. I have no idea what the guy's name is. And I'll at some point find a reason to go, you know what? God, I'm sorry. Tell me your name one more time. Nobody's offended by that. And generally they totally understand because they forgot your name immediately as well. Uh, so I think it gives people, I think, I think it's, it's credible, gives you respect and, and almost honor that you care enough to ask again. So do it because if you're like me, so I'm not in the habit of asking their name and doing some good memory skills to remember it right there. That would be great. But I at least, uh, uh, realize quickly that I didn't remember it. Ask again. When I ask again, they are honored and I usually will remember it at that point, uh, at least long enough to get through the conversation. Uh, you know, in my work, I never leave my office. A lot of times I'm called out of my office to meet with somebody or to say hi to somebody. Um, and I don't do, well, actually I, I try to figure out their name. If I don't know their name, oh, well, actually I'll find out their name and I'll write it on a sticky note. I'm in the habit of walking out of my, uh, my staff knows that I'm going to walk out with a sticky pad, uh, a yeah, post-it notes and a pen with that person's name on it. Or for some reason I didn't get it. I'm going to do that. And as soon as they say, you know, Hey, I'm Paul or whatever, I'll, I'll write it down on there so I can keep down. Uh, and looking at it. So just a habit, very important. So number four, be friendly and helpful to people. I actually have no idea what I can add to that. That's pretty self-explanatory. Be friendly and helpful to people. The opposite is to not be friendly and to not be helpful. Uh, what value or or gain or add to our life is there and not being friendly, not being helpful. But I think it's something, again, that we need to be cognizant of. I'm going to go out be friendly, look for opportunities, be friendly and helpful to others. Number five, be cordial. Speak and act as if everything you do is a pleasure, a pleasure. I like that word. We're in a culture where I don't remember this in, in years past, but for some reason we've gotten to where the common response to telling somebody, Hey, thank you. Uh, at a place of business where you're the customer, you're the client and they, you know, but they do something you say, thank you. And they say, no problem. Okay. Now I don't want to just pick it, be be picking it uh, at straws here, and uh, but I think it, I don't. It bothers me because if we say no problem, it means by proxy that serving you could have been a problem. Really? 
So I'm at the, uh, the, the hotel and the, the, the guy brings my bags down and I say, thank you. And he says, no problem. Oh, so it could have been a problem to do your job, to do what I am paying you for. It just doesn't feel good. I don't think it makes us feel good as much as if the response is in saying, thank you. Somebody says, ah, my pleasure or my honor. Uh, the one I do a lot is absolutely like, how could I not? I have many customers and clients who emphatically thank me as I'm doing them, uh, like I'm doing huge favors and yet they're paying me and my business paying a lot. It's my job to serve them. Uh, but if you do, if you act in a way that's so honoring and serving and and act with gratitude in your business, the people that are paying you to do what you're supposed to do will thank you. Like you're voluntarily helping them. It's, it's an amazing thing. Just try it. Just try responding in a way that, uh, that speaks to them. It's an honor to serve you. I'm, I'm blessed to serve you. Of course I'm here to serve you. Well, number six. Zig says, be genuinely interested in other people. You know, this is one I have. My oldest daughter struggles with this. She has problems with, uh, she really wants to be authentic. And in a given circumstance, she may know that she's generally not interested in someone she's with or those she's around. She feels like it's false. She struggles with, grapples with, it's false to pretend. And I understand that. So she's saying, gosh, so I'm just supposed to be fake? Is it wrong and to be disingenuous? Well, again, going back to that aspect of, you know, God's greatest commandment is to love others, right? Well, that's not necessarily a feeling. I I love my wife and my kids with true feeling and commitment. I'm in the love with my wife in a way that I'm not in love with anyone else. And I don't love anyone else like I do my kids truly love. I mean, that is, again, a feeling and commitment. I don't love anybody else that way. But I can love others, the action of it, by making the effort to care for them. That's a way to love them, to recognize them, to serve them in the moment and and be outside of my own needs in that aspect. So I, if doing that, making the effort to, again, you know, going back just to serve people, to be friendly and helpful, that is a way to be actively, proactively, genuinely interested in other people, even though my heart may not desire to be with that person, to be friends with that person, to be intimate with that person. Um, and then th- that I'm not really interested in them, but I'm going to show interest out of kindness. And in this aspect is it's talking out of reciprocity. I benefit from this. If I want the best opportunity for myself, these are the things to do. Number seven, be generous with your praise and be very careful with any criticism you might give. So to think about that and take it captive, how many times were you praised today? Did somebody encourage you today or applaud something you did? How many people did that today? How about in the past week? Can you remember? Can you count some? Can you think of some? So then on the, on the same side, how much did you praise others? And, and for some reason, I felt like I want to take out kids. You know, we know to do that with our kids. If you, if you're a parent, we do that. So let's take them out of that though. Gosh, think about that. If you're not praising your kid, that's a, it's a really big deficit, but let's look at others around you. And if you're around others, you have the chance to be generous with your praise. I mean, the grocery bagger at the grocery store is simply doing their job. They're paid to do that. Your money to buy groceries pays for is worthy of praise. 
They stood there and they bagged your groceries. I often feel guilty sometimes, especially when it's someone that I know, some, forgive me, but some uh, teenager who looks uh, you know, very small, very diminutive, some little old lady who's bagging my groceries. I think, oh my gosh, I should be bagging my own groceries. And I feel a little bit uh, guilty. I'm far more physically capable, capable than they are. Of course, then they turn around and go, can I take these out to the curb? I'm, oh my gosh, no, please. I, I will take that out. Please save save yourself. I almost feel arrogant to stand there and let them bag my food. So why not say, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Or you did a great job doing that. I have a good friend, Scott Stearman. Talk about generous with his praise. And a lot of times he's not even saying anything specific. He'll come along and go, look at you. Just look at you. Makes you feel like a million bucks. Now he didn't say anything. He could be thinking, he said, look at you. It looks like you haven't showered in 10 days. He doesn't say that. He didn't say, look at you and pulled out something you actually, he says, look at you. He's just recognizing that you're there and, 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 and with a, with a tone of praise for, for just being, I have an uncle who used to say that he'd say, oh, thanks for being. And now he stopped there and he kind of leave you wondering, he didn't say, thank you for, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for doing what you do. He just said, thanks for being. I love that so much that my wife got me a custom made t-shirt that says, thanks for being. It's one of my favorites. Well, number eight, be considerate of the feelings of others. Now it's interesting. He doesn't say be, be cognizant of, or just be aware, but actually to consider for me, this may be one of the hardest things that he's talking about. But as with all of these, it's not just an action. Uh, it, I mean, it, it, it is. It's just, it is just an action. It can be just an action and habit be, to consider others' feelings. Okay, not to, well, what would be the opposite of that? Uh, to not care, obviously, or to polarize their feelings. Why do you think that? And, and, and go the other direction or dismiss their feelings or condemn their feelings. And, and often, you know, you just need to invest a little bit in something else. I mean, you have, you have nothing invested in how you feel about what they're saying. It's probably not going to matter. You're going to walk away and go about your life. So why not just say, wow, that gosh, that makes sense. I can, I can see that. Even if you're thinking, I guess I could see that if I were you, I don't really understand that, but it's just, it doesn't matter, folks. Or even to say, gosh, I'm so sorry if they're, if they're complaining, but just consider it. Give a consideration to the feelings of others. Now, that's, again, not one of the easiest for me naturally. It is a habit and an action I have to strive to take. Number nine, be alert to give service. And Zig says, what counts most in life is what we do for others. And to me, it's getting into that habit, just trying to keep aware of opportunities to help others in any way, in any way. It's just a gesture. It is the thought that counts. Even if it's something little, if it's something that doesn't seem that meaningful, but the act of stepping forward to do something, even if it's little for somebody else, uh, speaks volumes to them. I, I think one of the main habits I have in that area is looking for the opportunity to, as I mentioned before, open the door for somebody. I'm seems like I'm often when I'm dropping my kids off. I've got a little girl that goes to a church preschool a few days a week. And I'm often met at the door by a mom who's there on her own with one kid. She's holding the hand or she's holding some packages or a lunch bag or a backpack. And the other hand has a, a little baby in a car seat or something like that. And she's opening the door. I'll, so I'll run up there. and Oh my gosh, please let me get that for you. So grateful. It makes me feel great as well. So be alert to give service. As Zig says, 
Last, number 10, add to this a good sense of humor. I think that makes sense to all of us. For some of you, it's easy. Uh, that's one that's pretty pretty easy for me. For some others, you might think, gosh, I just it's not me. I'm not a funny person. I don't have some greatly developed sense of humor, but let it go along with a smile, uh, a little joke, um, uh, you know, something like that. To anytime you have the chance, it just makes people feel good. If you can make somebody else smile, uh, if you make them with a little chuckle, it just, it's a scientific thing. It's a chemical thing happening in our body makes us feel better. Again, folks, 10 things there basic, ordinary life things that we often don't take captive, that Zig is saying, if we will do those things, our likability factor will go up so much and it will give us so much more opportunity. It'll take the skills, abilities, uh, and talents that we have and the good intent that we have and maximize it so much. And if we're not doing these things, we're handicapping ourselves, even though we're doing a great job. So do that, do a great job and do these habits and still these in your life. Uh, some of them maximize on a few of them, do some of these things and it will, well, folks, it will more than inspire your true performance. It will equip and maximize and progress your true performance. Well, Hey, hope you enjoyed hearing Zig today as much as I did. And you got as much out of it as I did. Thank you for tuning in folks. We'll talk with you in the next Ziggler show. 